Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that, like John Mazalek, is ready to basically let it coast the rest of the season. <laughs> my name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Hey, everyone. And this week, we are going to be talking about the Cardinal prospect rankings. We're going to try to rate the Cardinal offseason, and we're going to touch on the new rules that are going into effect for 2023. If you have an idea for the opening bit, tweet us at Talk About Birds. Well, Ben, you've got your characteristic energy about you today. <laughs> I can tell um, you're just you're beaming. You're yeah. you're speaking full throated excitement. Everything mm. seems totally normal with you over there. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for noticing, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> you jerk. So. Uh, <laughs> Hambone here, um, Gorilla himself is um, a little, little hamstrung uh, this week. Um, well, Ben, why don't you? <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're getting to it. Uh, yeah, I got dental surgery yesterday, um, and it was much more invasive than I expected. Um, so I can't really open my mouth all the way. It doesn't hurt what I'm doing right now. Um, so we were joking about this before we got on mic, but like it's literally the only injury that could affect a podcast performance. And I'm sitting yep. in the middle of it right now. Uh, Here we are. And and it sounds like I'm going to have a more road of this ahead of me. But, you know, <laughs> this is when you get your surgeries done in the off season so that you can come back yep. when the season starts full strength. I don't think I'm going to miss a show or anything like that, but. I can only open my mouth so wide <laughs> um, and smiling does kind of hurt, but uh, you know, well, fortunately, you that, won't, that won't be a problem for this show. So yeah, does yeah. Uh, it, frowning and generally feeling bad about yourself really impact your, your mouth too much. I, I've been doing that all day and it's been fine. So no, I think, okay. I think I'm good there, but yeah, I, I do apologize for the way that I at least feel that I sound right now. <laughs> I don't know. I think this might be our best show yet. Um, <laughs> well, we well have... like I said, good. There's like way more. It sounds like coming down the line. <laughs> um, yay. I think you should, you should go um, like colonial American uh, dentistry here, like wood yeah. teeth, you know, like a full set of wood dentures. They if, did. If it was good enough for uh, George Washington, it's good enough for you. They did offer to pull one of my teeth. They said, this is an option. And I said, oh, well, that doesn't sound too bad. What do you think of that? And she goes, you're 34 years old. You can't start pulling teeth already. Um, so I'm not going to have a gold <laughs> tooth or a wooden tooth yet. Um, I got to stick it's, with the teeth I got. I mean, I do think you'd look uh, super swag with a with a gold tooth. But um, what what? A, so they gave you the option and then like chastised you when you asked for their opinion. They didn't chastise me. They were more just like, this is the decision a fool would make. Do you want to be a fool? Um, and I said, no, I want to be, I want to be cool. 
I'm no fool. I'm cool. But that's tricky because cool people have gold teeth. So damn. All right. I'll call them tomorrow morning. Yank it back. Yep. I think you should go with the wooden tooth option. Yeah, it's it's weird that those fell out of fashion. I can't think of why. It was definitely a fashion thing is why they don't do them anymore. Um, yeah. Because I have to imagine it's still a very effective solution, medically mm. speaking. Thank mm. you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's carry this energy forward. <laughs> yeah. And just, uh, <laughs> just dive right in. So, hey, but hey, you know, you're There's exciting you're things to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here. You're here. We've been doing this show for almost a year straight. And, uh, you know, we've been fortunate enough to be able to make it every single week on time. We're recording at basically the latest possible moment we can (laughs) for not even just because of your your teeth for a multitude of reasons. But it it is, you know, worked out as best we can. So, yeah, we should have recorded yesterday when I was like super duper high and and uh, I was I kept asking Mary for pills and I think I kept (laughs) asking for popsicles. I don't really remember yesterday. We should have recorded. I mean. You just you clearly don't remember, but I was lobbying for us to record. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we, we missed the ship. Maybe next next week or whenever I get my next surgery, we'll we'll get into that. Next time we're watching yeah. the sequel to Battlefield Baseball Two or whatever. It's not called Battlefield Baseball Two. It's there's there's the the movie that is like a spiritual sequel to Battlefield oh, Baseball. Yeah. We're going to um, that the uh, the trailer is like softcore porn. Um, yeah, we're going to we're going to watch that. You and I. <laughs> well, great. While you're recovering from mouth surgery. <sighs> All right. That sounds fun. <laughs> well, there's a little bit of stuff to talk about this week. What do uh, what do you want to jump into first? Well, I mean, first, I think we should celebrate the fact that uh, baseballs are uh, baseballs. Uh, pitchers and catchers <laughs> are reporting here this month. Baseball things are happening this month. Um, we made it. Fe- yeah, February 13th, the WBC attendees are going to report to spring training. And then in between the 15th and the 17th, everybody else, report all the pitchers and catchers report to spring training. So I think that is very, very exciting. We're going to have Wilson Contreras sightings. Uh, we're going to have all the youngsters that we've been talking about. Wayno and Michaelis and so on will be getting ready for the WBC. We're going to have like baseball players on baseball fields doing baseball actions to actually talk about real things. And it's happening in two weeks. I know I'm, I'm incredibly excited. It always feels a little anticlimactic um, pitchers and catchers reporting. Cause it's like cool. A bunch of dudes are showing up at a, at a place in Florida. Right. But you know what? It's better than what it's better than nothing. Right. And it's a symbol of what's of what's coming down the line. So I think this spring is going to be a particularly exciting one besides all the um, um, the actual like cardinal news and and the young the young guns gunning for (laughs) young guns gunning. That's young guns gunning. That's just great podcasting right there. Yeah. Yeah. Good choices Uh, gunning for a roster spot. But also we have the WBC. So, um, you know, baseball is coming back. with a with a vengeance and i was thinking like there was 2022 was all fucked up because of the strike right and then 2020 and 2021 were all goofed up because of covid this is the first like we're just having a normal spring yeah 
with normal uh, everything, generally speaking. Um, obviously, WBC kind of skews that a little bit. But I, I it's was going to say, it's, it's only so normal, yeah. Yeah, but I think it's like, it's a plus up rather than like, uh, oh no, you know? Um, it does make the sort of the standard escalation of spring feel a little bit different and and whatnot but i think we're all okay with that it's just yeah we get to watch games that matter sooner than we normally would and get to watch just like these insane uber teams uh that are playing for their country which like i think most of these guys end up feeling even more fired up about that than like you know maybe anything other than like late postseason in the regular season yeah, so, in 22 days, we get to hear Chip Carey's first broadcast, which I'm excited about that. Speaking of the WBC, are you at all nervous about the fact that the Cardinals have 350 to 400 innings of, of uh, starting pitchers that are playing in the WBC? Are you at all worried about the health of Wainwright and Michaelis in the WBC? Um. I'm trying not to be, you know, I guess I, I want to enjoy team USA, yeah. but it's, it's also like, you know, hopefully yeah. they are treated. I mean, they, they're, they're, they're veterans, right? They know what they're doing. They, they yeah. probably won't get hurt. I, so what, what I understand and what, you know, what we've seen in the years past is that like, you know, generally speaking, the teams are trying to respect the current situation for their major league players. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and, but also like, man, Wayno and Michael is like their whole thing is just going up there and throwing all day. Um, and if they're going to break in a WBC game in March, like they were, they're probably going to break in a, regular season game in April. Right. I just, I have a hard time believing that it's like, you know, there's that that it'd be something like so fundamentally off for them that it would break them in a way that they wouldn't have already. And man, the the adrenaline of the world stage, you can't, you know, you can't uh, discount. Michaelis is going to be there in like a clown costume trying to like, blend into Cowabunga the crowd dude. Or something. yeah 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 um yeah and i, I will preemptively course, the, uh, sorry there's the freak accident op you know option that right. is like more likely to happen in a competitive game than just like a a regular spring training game but you know if you're worried about that sure. then you're probably driving yourself crazy worrying about everything yeah yeah i will i will preemptively say that if a cardinal gets hurt in spring training or playing for team usa that's not going to like change the way that I feel about the injury or the player or whatever is going on. I'm not going to like, you know, yell towards the front office saying, why would you let your Wainwrights play in the WBC? I'm actually kind of disappointed that they, it it sounds like it was a mutual decision, but that Wilson Contreras is uh, not going to be playing in the WBC for team Venezuela, but with everything on his plate, it's, it's easy to see why that's happening. Yeah. I, I think it's one of those things that everyone's like, yeah, you know, that makes sense. I think he the way he spoke about it, it's like, yeah, I mean, half his job is is learning about the new team and and building those relationships and so, you know, they need him there and I I think it's the right call, but it is a bummer. Yeah, um, and learning's hard. It is hard. 
Um, <laughs> I'm a. Uh, do you have a? Do you have a? You have a team you're you're rooting for? What you? What are you talking? I'm sitting here in Denver, Colorado. I'm rooting for Team USA all the way. Um, I mean, outside of that, like obviously the Dominican Republic is stacked with stars. Uh, I love Shohei Otani and Lars Newbar and some other Japanese yeah. players. That's going to be really fun. I mean, Tommy Edmond on Team Korea. I'm going to be watching those games too, even though they're big underdog. Korea has a real baseball presence. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously rooting for Team uh, Team America. And uh, I mean, Venezuela is mm-hmm. good too. We're just talking about Wilson Contreras is there. Puerto Rico is always good. Um, yeah, I, I you know, I kind of like in this event, I'm rooting for Team USA first. And then like any MLB star after that, I just want to see good yeah. things. I will say, I don't, I don't know if you've looked at the seating yet uh, and maybe we'll break this down more next week or the week that the WBC actually starts. Um, but America's uh, their draw. The first round is really easy. Their USA should skate through um, the, ch- I think like they have like team Mexico and I think they might even have the Czech Republic. Some not, not that Mexico's a slouch, but they're, it, uh, Compared to the other South American teams, they're yeah. they're pretty weak on major league talent. There's some clear, um, I think, tiers, you know, in the WBC, and yeah, those teams yeah. are uh, lower tier. But I mean, it is, you know, the it's every nation's all stars. It's what yeah. makes it so much fun. Um, and the, and they and the players that came out this year, yeah, the players yeah. that came out this year, like the fact that Trout is center fielder for Team USA, like that's awesome. Hopefully. Um, I don't know. I, I just want to see USA go far and, you know, Goldie and Arenado do their thing. And yeah, uh, hopefully like we we're talking about could be recency bias. I'd need to look at like previous years rosters, but it definitely feels like this year there's been a little bit more than oh, normal. With, of without like, a doubt. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I think once Trout announced that he was playing, then we saw the wave of top tier players come through. Um, and then, you know, Shohei showing up like the two best players in baseball are going to be playing in the WBC. Um, and the DR's roster is just absolutely stacked. It's, um, yeah, so they're like, like the stars came on out. Depth chart is Wander Franco. <laughs> it's yes. like the, the Dominican Republican team is, uh, I said Dominican Republican, uh, the Dominic yeah, Dominican Republic team is, uh, is fantastic. Republica so I Dominicana. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, America, baby, USA, yeah, USA. Let's go. Come on. Uh, yeah. Uh, after that, I think I want to, I'd love to see Japan uh, just crush everyone. So, I mean, there's a non-zero chance that Shohei just puts them on their back and they dominate. Like he is, yeah. no one else has a Shohei shaped char- uh, player character. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, though, if that was the case, if that was actually possible, the Angels would be better than they are. So sure, that is that is fair. Well, we'll see. So we're going to we're going to really try to cover the WBC this year. So um, hopefully you'll watch along. But if not, you can listen along as as we watch the watch the games, too. So um, let's jump in to some prospect talk. So. Uh, one of the more fun things about the offseason, especially right now, is the season starting to ramp up a little bit. Publications are turning more towards talking about baseball again, and we're starting to get a lot more lists. Who doesn't love a list? I love a list. Um, and I we're getting a listicle. Mm, I like the lists where you have to hit the next arrow to see mm. every single item on the list. 
And yeah, my that's favorite good. thing is when they put an ad in between every single one. Mm, that's yeah, just, that's good. That's how I like to consume content. Can't um, argue that. Ads are for me, Ben. <laughs> I, I want that shirt that says something like beers and baseball are my life or whatever. All right. Anyway, there's uh, a the hell are you the, talking uh, about? Do you not get those targeted like those ads that like, my ads are very different. <laughs> everyone's trying to sell me novelty t-shirts i'm yeah. about a novelty t-shirt since i was like 15 yeah you wear the but same henley's every single day yeah i bought a lot of uh novelty t-shirts when i was 15 that's pretty um, cool so we're getting prospect lists and that's what we wanted to talk a little bit about today um notably keith laws which is always a good one came out recently um, yeah but we've gotten a whole bunch. What do you, how do you want to go through this? What do you want to talk about? Well, yeah, I think what's really cool. And I think that people who listen uh, to this or who pay attention to the Cardinals in general already know this, but I think there's a little sense of validation in the fact that baseball America, MLB pipeline, baseball Pr- prospectus and Keith law all agree that Jordan Walker uh, is a top six um, prospect in baseball. I mean, I think he's number one, but you know, Connor, Connor Capel is not going to be as good as Jordan Walker. I'm going to say that right now. People are so high on him and I know he, he works in an offensive and friendly, friendly environment. I just don't think he's going to be as good as people think he is. I also don't think that he's going to outshine our lovely behemoth. That is Jordan Walker. Um, outside of that, Mason Wynn and Tink Hens are all three are, are all in the top 100 for all four of those lists. Um, so again, I don't think that that's surprising to read, but I do think that there is something really nice that essentially across the board, everyone agrees that those three are top 100 prospects in the sport. Um, and you'd have to say that those are all guys with ceilings that are sky high. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, obviously Jordan Walker, I mean that most of the people that are ahead of him are people who have broken into the league also and just haven't hit the minimum qualifier list yet. Right. So like Gunnar Henderson, Corbin Carroll, guys like that. Um, and so there's a legit possibility, depending on how the Cardinals decide to handle Jordan Walker, that he will fill the number one prospect in baseball spot um, sooner rather than later. Like if he doesn't make the team in out oh, of camp. was that? Sorry, I think I you, just realized I was saying Connor Capel and I meant Corbin Carroll. Um, so you just were, to make sure we're and, on the same page there. Yeah. Connor Capel was, is going to be a beast. No, uh, Co- Corbin Carroll. Sorry. Corbin about that. Carroll. Yeah. Okay. I was a no, little confused. That I wasn't going to like, yeah, push back because some people are into Connor Capel because he had a good like month last year. Um, but I wasn't sure what you were talking about. So I, I, um, I'd like you to think higher of my player evaluation skills than me thinking that <laughs> Connor Capel and Jordan Walker are going to be somehow competitive. So to reiterate, uh, Corbin Carroll, he'll be a fine baseball player, but he's not going to be as good as Jordan Walker. I'm saying it right now. There we go. Lock it in. I think it's going to be two different types of guys, though. You know, it's like um, Corbin Carroll's the he's got this, you know, he, he, he's my, he's the fastest guy in baseball now. Right. And so like, how do you compare that to Jordan Walker who might, 
end up one of the better hitters. You know, I, I don't know. So all, all um, I'm saying is there's, there's a tool that leaves you the quickest and there's a tool that sticks around for a while. And Corbin yeah. Carroll, I think like it's, he'll be fast for a little, um, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm calling I him out not, directly. Yeah. I wouldn't bet on, I would not take the other side of the bet you're going for here. So I sure. wouldn't buy that for a dollar. Um, wow. so Walker, it's exciting. Um, when it's exciting, I think when is very interesting because we still don't really know like what type of player is he going to be? Uh, he was a pitcher not that long ago. So, um, you know, I've seen a bunch of different outcomes for him. It's like, does he put on more weight and end up being a 30 home run guy? Or does he lean into the like athleticism and the speed and he's more like 15 home runs, but 40 stolen bases and he's the best shortstop in baseball. Like, I don't know. There's a ton of different ways that this could go, but basically everyone projects him to be a really, really good baseball player. We just don't know like what type yet, Um, which is kind of almost more exciting in some ways, right? Like the unknown, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you kind of like, you know, it's we always like to put these guys in buckets, right? Because there's so many guys you kind of have to like, you know, Jordan Walker is going to be a big masher that should hold his own in right field. And yeah, what kind of guy is Mason Wynn going to be? And I, I agree with you. I, I would uh, I would say from my point of view and the way that he's talked about and the little that I have seen him play, I get a lot of like Raphael for Cal vibes, you know, like good shortstop, yeah. quick ridiculous arm and he can hit a ball over the wall every once in a while. Um, and you know, if that, you know, if that's his low end or if that's his, that's what he becomes. That's a very, like you talked about, very good baseball player. So that's where I think it's interesting because like Walker has that ceiling that everyone's talking about. Like there are some legitimate projections around Walker of him being coming one of the best hitters in the league. Right. Um, that's what everybody's looking at for him with win. I, he he might not end up being like an incredible offensive force, but it should be the total package makes him right. incredibly valuable. I think for call is an interesting comp because yeah, you, if I, if you could say like, Nate, I guarantee like you're locking it in right now. Mason Wynn will become a Raphael for call. Like I'd say like, give that to me right away. Easy, yeah. easy call, right? He's not going to get in the hall of fame, you know, nothing like that you know, he's never going to be an MVP contender, but he's going to be a critical piece. He's going to be really, really good for, for several years. Like, you know, that's, that is still an unlikely outcome for any baseball player. Right. So you'd take that in a heartbeat. I've seen some people say, uh, uh, Andres Jimenez, um, on the guardians. I'll take that all day. Yeah. 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 Um, and he's, you know, super young and, and still has some room to grow too. So, um, yeah, we'll see. And then finally, uh, maybe the guy with the highest, highest ceiling, but also the lowest floor of all of these, uh, Tink hints, uh, yeah. his meteor, meteor, uh, meteoric rise through these lists after a really short 2022 season, but everyone just like, it's the classic, like projectable, right? They've seen with what we've seen, if he continues to project and continues to develop in the way that it looks, 
this is the you know the most exciting pitching prospect the Cardinals have had since Alex Reyes, uh, which feels bad to say. But remember, Alex Reyes was the top prospect in baseball at one point. So that's yeah a I mean that's huge. Yeah, and I think like I want to be excited about Tinkens. Um, I think we have reason to be excited. Like he's a twenty year old. He was like still rail thin and his fastball sits 95, 97 with lots of spin and his breaking stuff keeps getting better and better. And he's working on a changeup that seems to be better and better. But like you just said, you know, don't ever put all of your eggs in a pitching prospects basket. Like these guys yeah. are going to break. I, I would be shocked if Tink Hens doesn't break at some level before he gets to the majors. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I kind of love everything about him, especially the yeah. fact that he's getting these evaluations so quickly. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's impossible not to be super excited about him. Yeah, kind of yeah, like I, Alex Reyes meets Carlos, um, not Santana, Martinez, uh, Martinez, because <laughs> kind of <laughs> smooth, got gr- great real. guitar licks and uh, yeah, a great arm, real smooth. Yeah, but yeah, kind uh, of an undersized guy with like the biggest arm in the world. Um, I think it's fun. I think it's fun too. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's really been quite the quite the jump for him. Um, very exciting though. Um, we'll see him in spring a little bit. We'll see what this you know where this goes. I wouldn't be surprised if it plays right away too. I bet he puts on a show. Um, but yeah, well, we we shall see. He maybe the nerves will get to him a little bit. It's like uh, you know, there's some of these guys where. It's like Jordan Hicks, you know, that are just like, oh shit, like he can do it now. Like, let's, it might not be perfect, but let's get him here. Like, he can Honestly, do it. Th- there would be more surprising storylines to me than if, oh my God, we need Tinkheads at the bullpen right away. Um, yeah. Especially if an injury or something like that happens. But I would not be surprised if, you know, Ali really gets his, his eyes and that everyone's really looking at his stuff and Dusty Baker's spending some time with Dusty Blake. <laughs> <laughs> is spending time with them and they're like yeah i think that fastball plays right now let's go yeah so, mo- most likely not right they're the, oh, the most no, likely that's unfair is, unfair expectations yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah the most likely thing is that they're actually going to continue to handle him incredibly cautiously because they want him to you know grow up a little bit more and fill out a oh. little bit more but you yeah, never if know Kyle reese was sitting with us right now he would scream at us for saying what we're saying right now and he's yeah. right um yeah but it's hard not to get excited about, you know, a big arm like that. Right. Right. Um, the other guy that's popping up on list that I think was probably the most surprising, at least for me, um, was Gordon Graceffo. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, all of this is exciting, but that's nice in its own way because I think everybody, you know, we were all pretty hyped on Graceffo, but I think, in a more like, great, the Cardinals need, we need as many starting pitchers as possible. This dude is probably going to slot in as a four or five, but he's going to do it quickly. They very recently drafted him. He's going to come up. He's going to be serviceable. And, you know, we need arms. But something happened last year that caught a lot of evaluators' eyes. And while he's still projected as a mid-rotation starter, that number where he might end up in the rotation has been slowly ticking up. You know, it started as back into the rotation. Now you're seeing people say he could be a solid number three. And then you're starting to see a little bit of maybe there's even more there, 
you know, and and uh, considering the Cardinals pitching need and his actual legitimate closeness to the majors, um, like it's it it would be very, very helpful if Gordon Josefo was very was good and soon. It's all kind of lining up for him. Like you said, the tick up in the stuff, the tick up in the evaluation and and kind of just the tick up in his game overall, not to mention he'll turn 23 at some point this year, um, which, you know, kind of helps your odds of being called up. It's, you know, performance isn't the only thing it's window and age and availability and all that too. So it is kind of fun that he kind of went from this depth piece to, Oh wait, you know, this fastball is ticking up. He can get guys out. Uh, Now I do think that like, while we're talking about Tink Hens and how Tink could come up and maybe be a, you know, a strikeout machine and just this guy that can get anyone out and would be starting for any, any team. I think Graceffo's probably still more likely what, what you're talking about it's somewhere in the rotation, not necessarily at the top of it. Um, yeah, but yeah, super exciting. Like you, you use the word meteoric early, uh, earlier about Tink. I think the same thing could be said for Graceffo. Yeah, um, and Graceffo has a pretty clear line to the rotation, um, yeah. and we need people in it for sure in 2024. So we do need people uh, in the rotation. That's <laughs> that's a hundred percent accurate. So it certainly seems like if he continues to perform, like he's got a spot waiting for him if he can if he can take it. Call him up. Um, call him up. Um, so yeah, so that's you know there's. There's some other side of this, some guys that have dropped off the list. Um, Libertor, uh, Herrera. Um, but that's not as exciting. We're here sitting at the beginning of February. Um, baseball's about to start. We want to yeah. you know, focus on the highlights. And I think the, uh, like, Libertor, I think there's a big question mark about. Herrera, I think there's a big question mark about uh, uh, around both of those players. Like, I think that obviously they didn't help their stock out much, but I don't see how they like necessarily took a step back. Like, Libertor got a cup of coffee, a couple of cups of coffee, and is kind of figuring himself out. I have not lost any faith in him. I don't think that. Um, I think the likelihood of him being a number one or anything like that is kind of out the window. But I think. I, I think you'd be crazy to say that he's not going to be an effective big league pitcher here very, very soon, if not like actively in 2023. Um, so I don't know. And, and with Herrera, honestly, I, I it's hard for me to even really have an opinion because we really didn't see much at all last year. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's mostly why he fell off is it's like there wasn't even much to evaluate, you know, yeah. it didn't really feel like that we got much time with him. Um, but yeah, I feel the same way about Libertor. I, I am still, um, and I, I still think he will be good. Last year was such a strange year for him. It was kind of like Flaherty, you know, just like yeah. never really could get it going. Never had a great run of starts. Like, you know, there's so much about pitching that is like that comfort and consistency. At least that's what a lot of guys, you know, talk yeah. about really, really needing. And and they never had that. And for Libertor, you know, it's also coupled with making it to the major leagues for the first time, which is a whole other layer of complication on anything. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think we both expect him to get several starts this year. And uh I'm I'm still still a believer, but I understand why he falls off of a top 100 list when there's, 
you know, a full season of guys who crushed in the minors, someone who struggles in the majors, even at a minor level, is just going right. to look less exciting than than a Graceffo, right? The shine wears off. Yeah. And, and exactly yeah. like back to the Tink Hens thing. It's like it's really easy to go crazy on a guy that's striking out guys in, in single A and double A um, and easier to have the shine wear off of somebody who's getting shelled by the Pittsburgh Pirates. But let's not forget that those are two extremely different tasks. Like you plop uh Libertor in there and he's, he's dominating those kids. Um, right. So yeah, outside uh, and it should be noted that Graceffo and Libertor are on a, on a couple of prospect lists. Um, and also Alec Burleson is on a prospect list. Although I yeah. think it's all but guaranteed that he's going to have a spot on the roster this year. So that rookie eligibility will be gone fairly soon. Um, and you know what, Nate, Maybe dark horse candidate for rookie of the year. Maybe he'll hit his way onto that list. I don't think that that's actually likelihood, but he's probably going to get some like the most ABs out of any rookie outside of Corbin Carroll. Um, maybe he'll accumulate his way to it. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, we we've talked about those underlying numbers that really started coming around at the end of last he, season. He hit ball hard. He did hit ball hard. Um, He's got, it's going to be tricky, you know, depending on what, what Walker does. And yeah, obviously Carol's going to probably get just a full season of that back. I mean, why so, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Although the diamondbacks and, might be good this year. I don't, I don't really think, I mean, not good for their yeah. division, but they're like, well, how about this? They'll be better than the Rockies this year. <laughs> Low bar. Um, hmm. No, you know, what's going to happen is the stupid Braves are going to call up some dude that everyone says it's too early to call him up. He's going to rake for, you know, oh, one yeah. month, get an $80 million contract and then win yeah. the win the rookie of the year. Yeah. Um, st- stupid, sexy Braves. They're, All right. Good. Um, let's move on. So uh, you you want us here to try to rank the Cardinal offseason or, or well, give it give it a, a review. I think before that, we should note that the Cardinals have made a move, Nate. We've been begging a for point. a move That's for a good point. weeks and weeks and weeks at this point. And they got that big left-hander that we've all been waiting for. The Cardinals have signed Andrew Suarez to a minor league it. contract. Yes. Yeah, this we is like it. when Bush was on the ship uh, with, uh, like, what was it, job well done or whatever. Um the war is over. <laughs> mission, accom- mission, <laughs> mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Suarez just totally nailed that reference. Yeah. Um, so he is a pitcher. Um, he was uh-huh. most recently with the Giants. Uh, he did not pitch uh, last year. Um, and he's a lefty. And I don't know. End of me talking about him. So, but I, I did think that it was necessary because the Cardinals did do something. Yeah. He also didn't pitch in, uh, 2021. Um, but he's been pitching, um, in, was it the Japanese league? Maybe the Korean league. I was just, yeah, I believe it was it. the KBO. Yeah. Um, which the Cardinals have had some success, Yeah, you know, pulling guys over, uh, from that. Um, but yeah, I don't know, <laughs> you know, it'll be, uh, it, I, I will say I do I do understand the Cardinals approach to the bullpen. And I actually I have no real qualms with how they've handled the bullpen this year. 
which is much like a lot of other teams that we think are very smart, handle it. Take a ton of flyers on guys that have some particular skill set. You know, we're we're pretty hyped on on Vilking, right? Yeah. Um, the Dodgers and the Rays pretty much every year just string together a a, a squad of bullpen arms that seemingly came from nowhere, except for like when the Dodgers get like Craig Kimbrell or whatever for a short time. <laughs> yeah. But like well, they just get the, everybody, yeah. Yeah, the majority of their bullpen, and especially the Rays, it's just like random guys with really long last names that uh, you know you never really know where they came from, and then you actually look at their stats for the seasons, like oh shit, sixty five innings, one point five ERA, you know, it's a really good get, and then they're just gone. They just use them, and then they find someone else. So I think that's what the Cardinals are doing instead of your. Uh, you know, eleven million dollar Brett Cecil or Andrew Miller or whatever. Oh, Let's just I, I had forgotten about the Brett Cecil deal. Thanks for rushing yeah. that back. That's that's um, a good thing to remember. Poor guy. Let's I kind of feel bad for Brett Cecil. I mean, he got like forty million dollars from the St. Louis Cardinals. So he's Yeah, I don't I don't feel that bad for him. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. He's having a great time wherever he is. Yeah. Um so I I like this, this individual move is whatever. I hope that <laughs> no, Andrew Suarez I, is, is is good. <laughs> maybe, but, maybe my my tone is off because of my tooth surgery, but uh, I was being facetious. This is yeah. Uh, he probably highly unlikely we see him wear a big league club uniform, but uh, the Cardinals did make a move. Is is all I was trying yeah. to say. No, I know, and but like I I do mean it. Like I don't know any one of these is going to either be forgotten about or look really good, right? Yeah. Like yeah. odds are that's all we see from them. Either they crush and they're great and we see them or they just fall off. And sure. Uh, but I, but I think it's a, it's a worthwhile strategy. So yeah, I just wish like, that's like the one place you can do that in, in the bullpen yeah. where everything is small sample size and you're right. just really trying to play the hot hand. Like it doesn't really work in the rotation. Yeah or anywhere else you you can't quantity over quality a, a paul goldschmidt or a, a nolan arenado or a tommy tommy edmund or something like that yeah. right yeah yeah um so there's still so. a month or so before spring training happens and of course there's actually a bunch of dudes still out on the market a surprisingly yeah. large amount of mid to low tier free agents that are still out there so who knows and a trade is always of potential. So we can't say that the Cardinal offseason is done, but it sure feels like sure. it. Sure. Yeah. Sure it sure does like feel it. like it. Yeah. And, and you know, I kind of want to talk about the Cardinals offseason as a whole because the athletic went around this past week and they were kind of handing out grades and uh, you know, who who won the offseason, who lost the offseason, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, with teams like the Mets, the Phillies, and the Rangers getting A's or A minuses. Um, and I thought what was, was interesting is the Cardinals got a C plus, which is just slightly better than passing, right? Like it's just barely above average. And I thought that that was kind of interesting. Um, and there's a little blurb here written by Katie Wu, and I'm going to quote a little bit of it. Uh, it says the Cardinals uh, made three major moves. Two of those were retaining Nolan Arenado and Adam Wainwright. The third signing Wilson Contreras. And then I'll, to paraphrase, she basically says, which they essentially had to do. Um, 
And I think I agree with those two things. I think that it, I will say, I I think I agree with the overall grade. I would even maybe go a little less than that. Although I do feel hard to, it's hard for me to give them a grade lower than, I think a C, even though I'm maybe splitting hairs a little bit here, is probably a more appropriate grade because yes, they essentially did have to fill the catching hole. They could have done it worse. They could have done it better. They did a fine job. Um, I think, I think that's really the best grade I can get for it. I am excited. I'm not trying to take away from Wilson Contreras, but there were so many other places for them to improve the team, to add depth to the team, which they just kind of didn't. I would, I would subtract the plus, but I guess curious to hear your side. And, um, I will, you know, um, I love Adam Wainwright Cardinal forever. (laughs) One of the best to do it, but, there are a lot of pitchers that are now no longer available and some that are still available that you could argue project way, way, way better in the rotation for around the same money, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and I wonder, I, I hope that we never talk about this throughout the season, but I do wonder how that deal is going to look in hindsight, especially with who's available, how they were gotten, all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I think I think you're right. You I, I will say that before we before I, I didn't look at like the fan graphs um review. Athletic. I was a little or athletic. I was Jeez. a little higher um the uh, the Connor Cable uh article here. <laughs> um yeah. I I'm a little higher, I think, but I don't know. Is You've retaining Arenado really a move? Like no. So so that's I was gonna say. Like I think Katie's kind of cheating a little. Yeah. Yeah, that's not the Cardinals. That was Arenado making a negative, uh, you know, value decision for his own personal beliefs, which is great. We love it. Hell hey, yeah. We, hey folks, we love it, don't we? But um, that was not the Cardinals. The Cardinals just lucked out that Arenado is the type of guy who values. Uh, you know, things beyond money. I mean, and maybe they knew that that's part of yeah. like everything, you know, but like still like that is not, that is not a Mosaic choice or a Gersh choice or whatever. Um, so it really or is we're just, like massively underrating the power of a Mosaic lunch. Hey, uh, <laughs> I'm not good. Don't do I it. I don't know. People, people love the bow tie. You know, they hate Arenado. It. He seems like a, a a classy guy. You know, Arenado does. Yeah, I bet he he cleans up. He nicely. Seems like a I, lunatic. Yeah, but I bet he wears a tuxedo. like. I don't want to sit he, down and have a conversation with Nolan Arenado. I think he's too intense. I bet he wears one of those tuxedos that is like four parts and has a a what like a pocket watch and yeah. a little a pocket square. And, um. Everyone knows the more parts to your dress suit that you have, the classier you are. That's just a rule. That's that's how I view it. If you're out there, Got if it. you're at JCPenney and you're thinking, hmm, should I get the top hat too? Just get it. You want to be classy. If you want to look good, yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah, buy, a, buy a top hat from JCPenney and people will be jealous. <laughs> Easy choice. Dude's got hundreds of millions of dollars. He can afford the top hat. Um, but anyway. He might have his own uh, haberdasher. I... Honestly, if if you've got that kind of money, why why not have your own haberdasher? 
Is that what that job is called? Is that what the person who occupies that job is called? Okay. You've got a haberdasher, you've got a fishmonger, you know, I'm sure you've got all sorts of specialty, um, staff. Yeah. You need that cobbler. (laughs) Um, (laughs) a baker to make you, uh, cobblers for your cobbler. Actually, if I got a hundred million dollars, I would have a baker on staff for sure. That'd be so dope. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, what are we talking about? Uh, the Cardinals, so I, the, the athletic yeah. gave the Cardinals a C plus on their off season. I think it's fair. And I'm, I, I had in my head. And so this is really like, you know, picking nits here, but I had like a B minus. So yeah. barely, barely higher than, um, athletic. And I guess I'm giving more to what I am projecting to be the impact of Wilson Contreras. Because I think we are like continue to understate just like how big of a switch this is to the offensive output of the catching position. And I know like you could say, okay, like he's basically he's worse than Yachty defensively, and he's hopefully just replacing Pujols, uh, his offensive production from last year. Um, but like, that's not how the world actually works, right? Like they needed a catcher. There's no catcher position. There's nobody in the system that has the offensive potential of Wilson Contreras. And I think it's going to be a pretty significant upgrade to the overall lineup. Like I think, um, the lineup is just so much deeper with Wilson Contreras in it now. And you free up that DH spot to be a rotationary position for a bunch of different guys who either need rest or we want to get at bats. Um, so I, I think it's a big, I think it is a big signing. Obviously you and I were both very high on the Sean Murphy train and yeah. like, I think I would still have preferred Sean Murphy, but f- for what it, for what happened, I am still very hyped about the Wilson. Yeah. Contreras signing. And, I, I, and do I get think that, like they kind of had to, but they did also, they did it right. So, yeah. you know, I think what you said is probably a part that I, I wasn't valuing high enough that I, I think is a really good point. The idea that you get back the flexibility of the DH position with Wilson Contreras, even though in all likelihood he'll, he'll probably take some ABs there, but sure. you know, you can let's assume that there's going to be some level of production from Gorman, Yepes and Burleson, maybe all three, um, maybe one will run away with that DH position or those DHABs. Um, but yeah, that's like something that probably isn't going to show up in an athletic article grading the off season that will likely show up in the real season. Um, it is hard to grade like the work that Gorman put in over the off season. Um, right. So yeah, right. I think that should, maybe, maybe I should include that. Um, and I think that's a fair point, but we'll, we'll see, I guess how much value really comes out of those, those kiddos being able to hit there. Yeah. And I mean, that's what like, you know, I I would not say a B minus is a particularly good grade, but I think for like the one big move that they did do, it is a very good move. I'm of course, you know, being very optimistic about the, like the trajectory of Wilson Contreras. Um, But I think it's a really, really good move. And so like, I want to give some credit where credit's due for that. Um, but B minus, like, come on, you know, we were, we were like a shoe in for the playoffs because of the division, like 
a deep run is there waiting and the need was pretty obvious and the options were pretty diverse as far as filling all of the various needs on the team. So I'm ultimately disappointed by the off season, but I, I do want to acknowledge that like, I think Wilson Contreras is a very good signing. So yeah, really, really quick before we move on, do you have a guess who got the worst grade in this article by the F by the athletic? That's the only team to get a grade F. Okay. I'm thinking. And and I'm, I'll help you out in the way that I will say that I am not in the same state as that team. (laughs) Damn. Okay, I was thinking Rockies. It could be the Rockies. To, yeah, and I was trying to think through the NL Central, but you might. I mean, I, my thought was the Pirates, but they might like that the Pirates. No, the Pir- did. I, I thought the Pirates had a good off season. Yeah, I mean for Bob Nutting, but Andrew McCutcheon. Um, yeah, and they got G Man Choi. Um, that's they got. True. Uh, someone else, I think. I don't know. Who is it? Chicago White Sox. Uh, they, uh, <laughs> they're, they're getting lambasted for Ben and then, I, I mean, I don't even know if this is their fault, but the Clevinger thing, um, you know, that's really not looking great for them. Their biggest signing is outside of uh Tendi is likely not going to pitch much this year. So anyways, uh, we can move on from that bad news. I actually kind of like the Bean and Tindy uh, signing for the White Sox. Really? We'll see. There, there was an interesting article. I think it was in Fangraphs about um, the the White Sox need for left-handed hitting and like the specific approach that he brought and how it fit with the team. I don't know. It was a compelling article. I'll, I'll find it and, and send it I, to you. Um, I, I would you. I, I would give Ben and Tindy half of that, and I still wouldn't want him on my team. I, I am not a, not a fan. Yeah. The dollar amount was pretty high. I, I, yeah. I agree with you there, but you know, like I'm not too worried about their financials. It's more like having him on their team. I sure, think, sure. Is, I think he will be, um, I think it will be good for them, but they we'll see. let a Bray you walk and paid Ben It's insane to me, but this is not a Chicago white Sox podcast. <laughs> um, we are having Tony La Russa on the show next week, though. Um, <laughs> most famous for being uh, the manager of the White Sox. Does he know what a podcast is? Probably, right? <laughs> there was a really good article that I read a little while ago. I forget what website it was for, but it was uh, "Does the Queen of, Could the Queen of England Name Mario?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now and, she could. Uh, well, definitely now she could not. Um, but that I think that is a similar question to that. Is, yeah. Does hmm. Tony LaRusso know what a podcast is? Yeah. Interesting thought experiment. No. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we've got more stuff we want to talk about, as always. But um, before we do, we want to remind all of our listeners that this show is supported on Patreon. We're about to start the 2023 season and we are excited and we're going to be bringing this show to you every single week. Follow the Cardinals like you never have before in the bird scored with us in a private discord server, support the show and you get access to that and you just get the warm fuzzy feelings 
of supporting a couple ding-dongs making a podcast every week. What more do you want than that? Patreon.com slash talking about birds. I got to pay for these toofs. (laughs) Help me lobby Ben getting wooden teeth with your (laughs) dollar, your hard-earned money. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Patreon.com slash talking about birds. Also, if you enjoy the show, consider leaving us a review in your favorite podcast platform. It really does help. Thank you. Ben, where can people find us online? Yeah, make sure to follow us at Talk About Birds on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram at Talking About Birds. And you can also email us questions, thoughts, comments, and insults to talkaboutbirds at gmail.com. And yeah, just to say, if you join the Patreon, it's $2 at the lowest tier. Uh, we'd appreciate it. Tell your friends, tell your family, grab people's phones, and just subscribe to the podcast. That's, you know, any guerrilla marketing that you can help us out with, we appreciate. I always forget to say, too, um, if you're a subscriber, you get early access to the show. So sometimes that means just a couple of hours if we're recording late on a Wednesday. But sometimes we record earlier and we'll I'll get the episode out to you as soon as it's done editing. And so sometimes that is Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. It just kind of depends on what our schedule is. So you can get access early so you can hear all of our hot takes right before the big news drops that we didn't get to talk about because we recorded it so make us look slightly smarter yeah 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 um all right what's next benny boy what do you want to talk about yeah i thought it was a good time to talk about we got some new rules for baseball in 2023 i know that we've kind of talked around these a little bit um but i think it's a good time to kind of make sure we're all on the same page and understand what the hell's going on. Um, and, and the first one is, and I put this in order, uh, I, I guess of, I, I think the way in which it'll impact the game. Um, and this first one, I, I think I'm very, very excited about, but the pitch timer is, I believe what the MLB is calling it pitch clock, whatever you want to call it. Um, but the rule as written is in an effort to create a quicker pace of play. There will be a 30 second timer between batters between pitches. There will be a 15 second timer and with the base, uh, with the bases empty and 20 second timer with runners on base. Um, this will start in spring training and it, it'll go wide. Um, and I will say personally, I think this is a slam dunk. I think that this adds a sense of urgency, um, in the minor leagues and in their testing and they're like, uh, baseball, um, uh, I don't know, testing, uh, leagues and stuff like that. It's shaved about 25 to 28 minutes off of games. Um, and that's all nothing time. I think that MLB probably believes that this will increase offense to some degree. And I think that that's probably true to a degree that might almost be imperceptible. I think these pitchers are really good and they're so stuff oriented now um, that it's hard for me to see this making a huge change. I think this is all about the consumer. Um, I, I think that we are going to love this. Uh, the fact that we know, like I said, it, it's like when you're telling a story, when you're watching a movie, when you're playing D and D, when you're doing anything that is narrative based, there being a ticking, ticking clock adds to the, uh, the suspense and the fun of it. And I think the great thing about this is it doesn't change the game on the whole, it just kind of speeds it up. Like one of the best parts about baseball is that you play until somebody wins, right? You, you have enough time to do what you need to do. Um, but the fact that we will have less, you know, butt scratching and pacing around the mound and, you know, really just like 
I love you, Giovanni Gallegos, but it is painful to watch you pitch. Um, I, I think this is a great move. Great timing. Can't wait to see it. I hope everybody's on board. Yeah, in general, I am too. You know, I've talked a little bit about like, I, I do sort of enjoy the tenseness of the time in between pitches, but that is only in really tense games that have like a, a matter of importance. And, uh, that basically means like only like rivalry games or late season or playoffs. Um, and so I will take the 25 minutes less of the other 155 games that I'm going to watch. Right. Uh, you know, um, for, you know, losing maybe a little bit of that, that tension, uh, on the back end with those other games. And I could be wrong. Like I, you know, I think there's a, there's a different type of tension of when you need that sort of pace that baseball doesn't typically have. So uh, in general though, I think this is, this is a great move. Like this makes way more sense to me than a lot of the other things that they were doing to increase the, the um, like, or decrease the time of the game. Like this is going to be a significant impact on that. And like you said, it doesn't really change the game. It might for some individual pitchers, yeah. but uh, across the board, it's not anything huge. There was well, a, um, I, and I should also point out like not just pitchers, there are batters too, like Harrison Bader, you know, a, a, a chronic glove adjuster like him mm-hmm. is going to be affected by this. Cause not only does the pitcher have to be ready, the batter has to be ready. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you're interested um, more specifically with the Cardinals, um, I have a little bit of data for you. Um, this comes from an article from PitcherList.com, which is a great resource. It's mostly a fantasy baseball site, but they do um, really interesting analytics, and then they like skew it towards fantasy. But it's it's good for just baseball an- analysis. And uh, they're talking about like who might this change impact, and uh, so. Jordan Montgomery is the only Cardinal that they basically ranked the like starting pitchers in baseball on their delivery times. Jordan Montgomery is like the fifth slowest uh, starter in baseball. So keep an eye out on him. And then on the inverse, Miles Michaelis is one of the fastest. So yeah, I feel like we could have guessed that. Yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't impact him at all. Um, but we'll see Montgomery possibly. And then you already spoke about, I don't have relievers here in front of me, but, um, I, I would bet that guy, I guess is, uh, pretty far up there off the top of my head. I believe he's like the, the third or second or third slowest pitcher in baseball. Um, and if you've watched the Cardinals game over the last three years, you, you, you know, that to be true. He is so deliberate as they say. Yeah, so um, we'll see. But I I agree with you generally. I think I have a little bit more hesitation about it. But overall, I I think this is like, I don't agree that baseball needs to be shorter. But if you're going to try to make that happen, like this is the smartest way to do it, I think. Yeah. Way more than all the other little weird, like, you know, weird things that happened over the last few years. And and I think what's good about this one is that there is like there's a a competitive element to it. Like you guys yeah. have to be ready at the certain time. Everybody's on the same page. Um, now, when you get to the second rule that we're going to talk about, I feel less 
I feel like that is less true about the defensive shift limits. Uh, so shifts are going away. Um, the defensive team must have a minimum of four players on the infield with at least two infielders completely on either side of second base. So that means that you can pretty much shift without, it really just takes away the extreme shifts. I think that this is going to have almost no effect in scoring in baseball. I think that it'll have a minor effect in the increased athleticism, which I know something that, uh, Theo Epstein has been talking about from like, he's what part of the the baseball gaming better commission or whatever. Yeah, like, whatever. Make, make baseball great again. Um, bullshit. Uh, but anyways, they're going to be limiting shifts. This is going to increase offense for like, I don't know, three players. I, I was kind of trying to find who, like which Cardinal would be, you know, uh, uh, helped by this. And there's not really an option. Like I thought maybe, um, Nolan Gorman would, but he does, he's not as pull heavy as you might think. He only pulls 40% of the time. He's nowhere near the extreme. So I don't think this is really going to affect anything. It, it might hurt some, some luggy second baseman like Nolan Gorman, and it might help show off people like Tommy Edmond who have great first step speed and, and, you know, all that kind of good reaction numbers. But I think this is kind of silly. I don't like the idea of telling managers how to manage, um, but it's going to happen. And, and like I said, I think it's going to be, I think the effect is going to be kind of undersized for what people might think it is with the naked eye. Yeah. It, it basically is going to help pull heavy left-handed hitters, which is a, you know, is a relatively big archetype in baseball, but not the most common. Right. And, and then even still, it's not like, it suddenly means that they're going to stop hitting ground balls to the second baseman. You know, it's mostly going right. to stop those like, which I'm sure for the hitter, we're very annoying where, you know, a, a, a pulled left-handed ball that would dump right into right field. But you know, the, there's that second baseman is all the way out there now. And the shortstop right. is playing second base. Like it's going to stop that. Um, but outside of that, it's not going to have a, a big impact. You know, these left-handed pull hitters are trying to hit the ball hard and over the wall usually. So <laughs> right. it's not like they're trying to like bink it over the, over there. So I don't know. It's, I, 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 it does, it feels reactionary to like, it's like everybody felt like this shift was too bad. You know, it was bad, even though it, it, there's not a lot of data to support it. And also shifting has existed in the entirety of baseball. Sure. It happens more now because we're smarter about it, but like, right. I don't know. I, I like the shift. I like, like, I, I want to see, I'm like the opposite. Like I want, I want to see them pull all nine and form a line right in front of the pitcher, you know, where it's like, you got to hit the ball over us. And if you do, it's a home run, but if it comes, yeah. You know, give me the weirdest defensive out um, lineups. Like, I don't well, want to force people anywhere. I think exactly what you're saying is the fun part. It's the risk reward is I'm going to pull the third baseman over here and I'm going to bet that you're going to do this. And if you don't do that, I'm screwed. I like that the manager yeah. and the players are able to make that decision on their own rather than being told what to do. And I'd also like to point out that, like, the majority of the numbers tell us that outfield shifts are actually more hampering offense than infield shifts infield shifts actually don't make that much of a difference it's just a lot more obvious to us because you know 
we're stupid humans and we see, oh, that guy's over there now. It's harder to tell, oh, Lars Newbar is shaded 20 feet, you know, to the left or right because right. it's, a, you know, a big outfield and it, it's kind of harder to compare what's going on there. So, yeah, anyways, we're in the same boat. Uh, it's going to happen. Maybe we'll see some better, like more interesting plays from Nolan Arenado and top tier defensive men because they have to cover ground a little bit differently, but uh, whatever. Uh, the other rule change is coming down the way is bigger bases. So bases are going from 15 inches to 18 inches. And I think originally this was something I was excited about, but when it's been put into practice in the test leagues, we found that it hasn't really done much. Um, so maybe this is a good thing for safety. Uh, I don't know if it's going to really increase stolen bases, but here it is. Yeah, I, I had... When this first came out, I hadn't considered the safety element at all. And the more I like try to comprehend the intent of this change, I do think the safety part of it is probably the bigger overall impact. Um, and I think that's great. Like I am, I am for any um, move that results in less people getting their like Achilles shattered um, by a slide or whatever. Um, you and I have talked about like. Let's do the first, let's do the softball first base thing where there's like the ghost bag to the right, you know, like any of that stuff. I, I am supportive of increasing uh, the safety for the players. The least fun thing in baseball or in sports is when your players get hurt, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and I don't care anything about the like, oh, it's, you know, the, the it's a tough man's game. And, you know, so no, I want them playing. So, uh, yeah, as far as actual outcome, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, soul yep. bases are fun and if it increases them even by a few percent, like that's probably fun. I'm okay with it. You know, reward the, the speed and the risk taking, um, speed has been down. It's been ticking up a little bit recently, but like generally speeds the lowest it's ever been in the game. Right. And I think it is kind of a like interesting element of baseball. So I'm, I'm cool with it. Like I would love for there to be another, you know, 80 stolen base season. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, that'd and, be, that'd and, be double of what we're seeing now at the highest level. Yeah. And I don't think a three inch change on, I, on, you know, a, on each side of the bag is, is going to result in suddenly doubling, but I don't know, maybe like baseball, maybe. Is a game of inches, right. You know, it is. So, yeah. All so we'll right. see. Yeah. It, that, that is the least like like that is the one out of all these that I think we'll see the least amount of overall impact. Yeah. yeah and you know, watch, we say that now and Tommy Edmonds steals yeah. 70 bases next year, but uh, it well, might that, be because I mean, of the big bases. It might not, it could just happen. Who knows? Everyone, you know, everyone's talking about like, does it, does it normalize stolen bases a little yeah. bit more? So like everybody gets like 10 or 15 and then the elite guys are getting 50 to 80 or like, yeah. I, I don't know, you know, or, it's, or it's, maybe, it, maybe you start playing that game. You realize you have the squishy ball from Manfred and it's not one of the ones that are going to go over the wall. So you start stealing bases that day. And then, you know, the next day you get the ball that's got the springs in it and you go back to playing, you know, modern baseball and who knows what's going to happen this year. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, we, we have both generally given the like rules committee, uh, like a lot of shit <laughs> over yeah. the last few years. But I, I think generally like these are fine. I, sure. I, they're, they're big changes. I don't like the, the shift one is the one I like, I like the least. Um, but 
we both have also just said it's probably not going to have a major impact anyway. So whatever. Yeah. Um, so, all right, let's uh, there. There's been a little bit of news around the league over the last week. So let's run down what has uh, what's happened in the rest of baseball over the last week. Yeah, the uh, Houston Astros finally have a GM. They've hired Dana Brown from the Braves, a uh, longtime scout, kind of baseball lifer. I think he's been in baseball since like the early 90s. Uh, guy that's been around forever. And it's kind of a, you know, going from James Click, who is accused um, by Jeff Bagwell for being too analytical, going more the scouty direction, um, which I will say, you know, good for Dana Brown. Um, it's nice to have a non-white guy running a front office uh, in MLB because we are severely lacking that. Um, but I will say, like, funny, you win a World Series, you have a crazy run of success, and your thought is, mm, we need to change something up. We need to get away yeah. from the numbers. So, you know, it, it, it's it's a weird move. Um, you know, I, I don't think the Astros are just going to fall off a cliff all of a sudden. I, I think it, they'll be fine. Dana Brown is a very smart person who's been in baseball forever and, you know, knows knows what he's doing. But, uh, yeah, just kind of interesting. I have to assume there's something else going on with all of that. Like, yeah. I don't know, you know, and I, I don't like to, you know. You think we're avoiding make, another scandal by doing this somehow? There's something like that. Yeah. Or he just, they just like they just don't like him yeah. you know and like there's something about his personality it doesn't even have to be scandalous you know there's just, just something about of his job yeah yeah they're like all right we got we got a championship can can we stop do we do take, we have to hang out with this guy yeah. like yeah like we got all right we got what we wanted like this guy sucks let's get him so, out of here so bizarre but yeah yeah i mean you have to be right there has to be something we don't know yeah. Um, moving down the list, Rocky's owner, Dick Monfort, one of my best friends, speaking in a Greeley, <laughs> uh, in Greeley at the Breakfast of Champions event, which is hilarious, says to a crowd of people who paid presumably $40 for some eggs and bacon, I think we can play 500 ball. Um, and <laughs> whoa, have... whoa, whoa. Let's not, let's not uh, go over promising here. You know, I, being being somebody who lives in Colorado and I, I go to a lot of Rockies games, I have a lot of emotions when I hear this. On one side, I, th- I think, oh, my God, he's actually coming down to earth. If you remember 2020, I believe before the pandemic sh- uh, shortened the season, he was predicting 94 wins for the Rockies. And unfortunately, we'll never know uh, if the Rockies were somehow going to, you know, just run the table after those initial 60 games and and really come through and get those 94 yeah. wins. So we cannot say were. that he's I, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I bet that um, would have happened. That was the year. And now he's saying that they think that we can play 500 ball. And I will tell you, if you have not looked at the the roster of the Rockies or the Zips projections or anything, they ain't going to do that. They're going to get, they're going to be a far last place in the, in the West. And I think the most egregious or the thing that annoyed me the most was then he went on a long rant complaining about Peter Sellers and the Padres spending, saying that he doesn't think it's going to work out for them well. And then basically said, well, they have pitchers and we have pitchers. So what's the difference? Essentially saying that like you Darvish and Blake Snell um, and uh, who's their other uh, guy at the top of the Joe room? Musgrove. Um, Joe Musgrove are the same as Kyle Freeland and <laughs> Anthony Senzatella and, and the pitchers that the Rockies have. So just 
I really I mean, just wanted to talk like the delusion that exists when the in the ownership level down at the Rockies is insane to me. The Padres have pitchers and the Rockies have pitchers. Where's the lie, Ben? I mean, that is that is very true. What do you there. what are you actually mad at? Um, I don't know. <laughs> the other thing is like it's not even like they're not spending. They're I think they're top 10 or top 12 in the league. They're just so yeah, stupid. It's bad. It's all, like yeah, they're you, probably still paying Ian Desmond, right? Like They are. You give yeah. Chris Bryant $200 million to play left field, basically sapping all the value that he had as a third baseman. Um, I mean, there's and he just has so plantar ma- fasciitis, right? Like, oh, I mean, yeah. I don't know if that came out before or that was after he started with the Rockies, but like, yeah. Yeah. Oops. And I'll say this again. He has yet to hit a home run in, Coors Field, which is the easiest ballpark to hit a home run in. It's so funny. We'll we'll update it that as the season goes on. I'll stop complaining about Dick Monford because nobody cares. But anyways, unbelievably annoyed by him. Also, in between him and Peter Angelos, like these, what are these owners doing? These breakfasts and these chairs, like shut up. You're every <laughs> yeah. like you're only hurting yourself. Um, it's amazing yeah. how disconnected these billionaires can be. Um, not that I'm breaking any news by saying that but yeah I, it's a it's a further symptom of of the deeper problem they have no yeah. fucking clue how they are perceived or what they're yeah. like how their actions are impacting like that right. entire franchise yeah yeah um all right moving on to less annoying news kind of confusing jazz chisholm second base now center fielder for the marlins is on the cover of mlb the show <laughs> I think I was surprised by this. Uh, very surprised by this, but good for Chaz, I suppose. Yeah, I think they're trying. Like, if I, I try to put myself in their place, because you know, typically they they go off of like who was the biggest star from the and, previous and it was Shohei year last year, yeah, and it was Shohei last year, and 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 also Aaron Judge has already been on the cover, and so yeah. like, you know, you start looking like all right, like some of the guys that you would look at first here have already been on it. And I think they're thinking, what if we flip it a little bit and we stop doing like the biggest star. And instead we look at like young, exciting players and somehow they landed on jazz Chisholm over uh, like a Julio Rodriguez or a Bobby Witt or or a Corbin Carroll, or I, I don't know. I mean, Jazz has been in the league longer, but he doesn't have an extreme track record. I will say I really like Jazz Chisholm. I think he's he on the same going... team as Sandy Alcantara, who's far more exciting. He, he just won the Cy Young. Yeah, it's a, it's a, like if you think they're just trying to pick like an energetic, exciting young player, Jazz is a good pick. He's fine. He's an exciting young sure. player. I think like, he he is a uh, interesting guy. I think he is a good like, you know, face f- for the game, but he there's like 20 other young players that are that and also have uh more success in the league than Jazz has had. Um so it's a weird pick. I mean, they're they're I think they're trying to call their shot a little bit and be like this guy is actually the next big uh you know big star yeah that's my best guess i i get i mean i know i'm just looking through the history we got bryce harper we got fernando tatis jr shohei otani 
Jazz Chisholm. But anyways, good good for Jazz. He's likable. I I think he's fun. And um, maybe he'll break out this year in a big way. Yeah, that's what I mean. They're they're clearly it's a totally different approach. You can't compare it to the previous ones. But even comparing it to its own seemingly intent, it's a weird choice. Yeah. (laughs) So I but I don't know. I mean, he like he is fun and, you know, so whatever. And also it's like the show. I don't know. I used to love the show and I feel like the game itself has lost some of its prestige, too. So I'm like, I don't really care that much who's on the cover of this you know it's but it is kind of it's the only officially licensed mlb game anymore so like it has its place you know its stature i suppose but yeah i I feel like mlb players play yeah yeah uh he's from the bahamas that's fun maybe they'll lean into that um all right moving on dexter fowler retires cardinals legend um Cubs hero is yeah. officially done with baseball. I know he's kind of bouncing around last year. He was in the angels. He was with the Jays. Didn't really make an impact, but, but is officially retired. Yeah. Complicated Cardinal legacy. I think he was pretty much everything they wanted when in 2017 and then just fell off a cliff and, and got, you know, got dumped to the, yeah. uh, to the angels. So I, I mean, what, Great dude. I love Dexter Fowler as like yeah. a person and as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, I was a huge fan. It was yeah. kind of a strange signing, you know, like the baseball side of it. It'll it's whatever. It's it's several years in the past now, um, but good for him. Good career. And yeah. I mean, he was like kind of one of the faces of the Cubs winning their winning the World Series. And so yeah. He is like forever etched in at least one city's, you know, like, yeah, he'll be, a, he's a hero in Chicago for the rest of his life. So the whole like you go, we go thing I always thought was kind of cool. It's yeah. like the one thing that I liked that Joe Madden did. <laughs> sure. Um, so yeah, good for you, Dexter. Um, go be an NFT God or, or whatever he does now. <laughs> um, I was looking at his Twitter and it's all about NFTs. So, oh, you know. is it? Good, good yeah. time to be into that right now, you know. Yeah, go, go crazy. Now is yeah, now is the time to be in NFTs. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I have here, I actually think we we're running a little long. Um, so I'm just going to tease this: the region, regional sport networks may be dying. Um, there's a big issue going on with Diamond Sports Groups that owns Bally. But since we're going long, that's a big topic. I think we should just talk about it next week, um, and we'll yeah. pick that up because it, it is complicated. And, uh, it's another one of those things that's probably going to affect us, um, a lot more than it seems like. Um, so anyways, we'll talk about that next week. Death to Bali. There you um, go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we're going to, um, end with another little game here. So I thought this went pretty well, um, a couple of weeks ago. I thought I'd bring it back again. Got a little thought experiment for you here, Ben. It's less of a trivia game. Okay. That's right. We're returning back to if you had to. If you had to. Oh, wow. You really had it timed up that time. That was good. Thanks. Um, okay. So I'm going to lay it out and then I'll, uh, you know, I'll, you'll probably have some more questions for me because I'm not sure if okay. I can explain this perfect. So I bet you don't. If you, if you had to pick any uh, position player and or pitcher, so you can have either one or both mm-hmm. to pull from anywhere in the league and add to the Cardinals. 
Yeah. But you mm. have to pay for them with comparable fan F war fan graphs mm. from mm. the 2022 season. Okay. Who would you pick? So does that make sense? Yes. So if I want to trade for Shohei Otani, I can do it, but I have to give up eight war or whatever it might yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, And so, but contracts all apply here. Um, The one thing I will say, the one rule I'm going to give you is uh, they had to have, uh, they had to qualify in 2022. So no, like, damn it. Okay. I'm going to give, you're definitely thinking what I was thinking. Okay. I know. I'll give Drew Verhagen for Fernando Tatis Jr. Like, no, it it doesn't work like that. Okay. Okay. All right. So, and where you're saying the existing contract is included. Yeah. Cause that kind of takes Shohei out, even though I would love to have Shohei and give up like Nolan and Brendan Donovan for Shohei Otani. Um, but you would only mm-hmm. get him for one year. You're using a, losing a ton of future value for that. So the next place my mind goes to is to Mr. Michael Trout, who looks what is qualified 500. Um, no, it's less than that. Um, okay. It, it, I'll, have to, I'll, I'll find Because Michael it, Trout had five, qual- 499. Yeah. He qualified. It's less than okay. five or it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You could do Trout. I mean, I think Trout, let me think about it a little bit further, but Trout put up 6.3. He has signed up for life. I really like the idea of just doing a one for one, basically Nolan, uh, for Trout, or I guess really Goldie for Trout is probably the better move. Um, cause then you just put like Jordan Walker or Burleson at first, and then you have Mike Trout, mm-hmm. which would be incredible. Um, Aaron judge would be great. Wanda Franco would be fun. I'm just kind of looking around the league right here. I do. I love Jordan Alvarez, even though he doesn't really have a, a position. He's kind of a left fielder, but mostly a DH man. J rod. Yeah. How much did J rod well, put up last year? While you think about it, I want you to know that I just typed Fangraphs into the search bar within Fangraphs. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm doing real good over here. Really firing on all cylinders tonight. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I've said a lot of names, but I think. Wait, what did, did Acuna? Acuna did not qualify last year. He had a down year. Oh, no, he did qualify. Okay. Whew. Do I want Acuna or J-Rod? Uh, okay. No. All right. I have it. Acuna who had a down year last year. He did qualify though. He had 533 plate appearances, but wasn't fully himself. Only put up a 114 OPS plus 2.8 war last year, which means hmm, he's mine. He's also signed for <laughs> essentially nothing for yeah. the next like eight years. So I'm going to go, let's do Ronald Acuna for Ryan Helsley. Ship it. Uh, Helsley put up 2.7 war. Acuna hit 2.8. I think the baseball gods will let me fudge it a little bit there, or I could throw in. Um, in this moment, I am the baseball god, and yes, I'll let you fudge it. I, I was going to say, I could throw in Ben Deluzio for you, or uh, or no, he's not a Cardinal anymore. I couldn't throw him in. No. I'll throw in any other player, um, I don't whoever you want, really. But that that's the move. I think that there's no better move than that. Actually, now that I'm I'm thinking through this little thought experiment, I wow. challenge anyone to outdo that move because of the down year and because of, you know, Acuna is arguably one of the best players in baseball. 
Um, I was going to go J rod. He pinned up six war. Um, so I'd have to give up a full Arenado or Goldie. So I, I think this is really the best move. And can you imagine having Ronald Acuna in right field for the St. Louis Cardinals batting second, third, I mean, first, wherever you want him, really 40, 40 season incoming. I mean, what else can I say? Yeah, it's hard to, um, I was trying to like, when I was thinking about this game, I was definitely trying to prevent the like trick shot with like, yeah, yeah I'll do Tat- Tatis or whatever, but Acuna. Yeah. You're, you're buying, I'll give it to you. That's a good one. Um, you're buying low or, I mean, no one even considers it low. He was still coming back from his ACL yeah. injury. Like it's just a normal season for someone coming. It was actually a really good season for someone coming back it was, from yeah. an ACL injury. He's probably going to be incredible again. Um, yeah, good one. I was thinking somewhere more in a like, like Tommy Edmond for Corbin Burns sort oh, of thing yeah. where, where we, we, solve our ace pitcher problem and kind of sell high on a on a fantastic Tommy Edmond season. Um yeah, I and think also for team it, comp it, team composition takes, wise that makes sense. Yeah. It, it also takes Corbin Burns away from the Brewers. <laughs> yeah. Of course of course yeah. they get Edmund and you know I, I do think um there was some conversation in the Discord today about us not appreciating Edmund em- enough, and I want to say we have an entire episode called "Tommy Edmund, King of Kings." <laughs> <So>. <laughs> we appreciate you, Tommy. Um, we appreciate you, Tommy. But it's been an up and down road for sure. It has. It has. Um, so yeah, I think uh, Helsley for Acuna is. Uh, I think I'd take that deal. I would buy it for a dollar. Right. I mean, you're talking yeah. about an MVP level player, and we'd have a three four-headed monster MVP. I mean, it, it's the right move. It just is. That would be so much fun. You know what I say to that, Ben? Yo. Tequila. <laughs> Did you see that that Acuna had to retire from the Venezuelan league? Yeah. Because he hit yeah. a home run and he pimped it and his family was like getting attacked in the stands. Dude, he pimped it like like I, I love it. I don't think his yeah. family should have been attacked. Let me, let me be clear. Oh, what a, but, what a brave uh, stance you're taking. Yeah. Uh, did you see it though? If they were up like four to three, yeah, and he hit a solo shot, and he like, I mean, I, I love these leagues because of how balls out they go on yeah. on these sorts of things. I mean, it was like his home run celebration was as if he just hit a walk-off home run in the world series to win the world series like he i mean he's like he is going hard at like looking really cool after hitting that home run yeah which i love i thought it was hilarious but yeah he is uh yeah it's it's a funny little side story (laughs) all right well that'll do it thank you everybody for listening as always we'll be back next week um we're only a few more weeks away yeah season yeah so until then check out the patreon patreon.com slash talking about birds roast us about tommy edmund and we'll be back next week and until then go cardinals okay thank you bye